1: Happy Father's Day, neighbor. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, it's a uh, family tradition. Wear your Father's Day gifts all
2: day. You wore that to church this morning? Indeed I did.
1: Yeah, it was cute when they were kids, and now they're just trying to humiliate me.
2: Get out.
1: I wish I could. But humiliation is their love language. So, how
2: about you? My teenage daughter got me a coupon for a mani-pedi. I love a good manny Petty, no, you don't get it. She wants me to take her to get a manny Petty so I can pay for the manny petty. Hmm. Can you take that baby tie off please
1: that That's what's bothering you about this ensemble.
2: I just can't talk to you with it on. How about your boy? He got me a love me trout. tender trout tender.
0: Wish
2: me sweet Ever let me go
1: Well, those sound like good gifts. Do they? You did not go to church dressed like this today.
2: Yeah, I guess.
1: Hey, listen. As fathers, we try to provide. We communicate with grunts more than we do words. We leave the toilet seat up as a conscious act of rebellion. And we don't complain about our Father's Day gifts. That's a father's lot in life, my friend.
2: It's not the gifts, it's, it's really not the gifts. See this? My daughter gave this to me for Father's Day when she was five years old. She said to my wife, Mommy, I need to get Daddy the best gift ever because he's the best dad ever. She even wrote here on the tag, Happy Father's Day. She cuddled with this thing every night until she gave it to me. I was this little girl's whole world. One year they're getting you chair stuffed animals, and then in the blink of an eye, it's pedicures and fish. They just grow up so fast. I just want to know that my role as a father matters before it's too late. I am going to get that Fisher reservation to Heartbreak Hotel. Our pastor this morning at church said, um, Scripture, a child's glory is their father. It mm. sums it up. That's all I want to be. just want to make my kids proud, encourage them. Just be the man God called me to be. Hey, Dad. Duty calls. Hey.
1: You are your kid's glory. Your daughter, she's not looking for a freebie. She's saying she wants to spend time with you. And your son, he thinks you have a good sense of humor. I am pretty sure that your kids still think you're the greatest dad ever. Happy Father's Day.
2: Happy Father's Day.
0: Hashtag dads are awesome. Hashtag dads are awesome. Hashtag dads are awesome. Yes. That was pitiful. Hashtag dads are awesome. Yes, that's significantly better. Such an honor to have my dad with us here. My dad will be 87 in November and can whip any man in this room. (laughs) True story. True story. Donna said that I had a bunch of uh, stories about my dad. Do you want to hear a couple? (laughs) Okay, we got got all day. We'll hear just a couple. Uh, Now, I'm going to tell you two stories about my dad that I didn't understand then that I understand now. Does that make sense? I didn't understand then, but I understand now. How many of you would, would agree that... The older we get, the smarter our dads become. Yeah, is that right? All right, th- th- this was uh, my dad had a unique ability when we were going on vacation to drive us insane. <laughs> By doing this one thing. He and I didn't understand it then. We would go to Daytona Beach and and we would we would be in the car for like, you know, 8 days getting from Atlanta to Daytona Beach with My sister, oh my gosh, you're on my side. No, you're on my side. You're on my side. And so we get there, and my dad stops at every hotel on the strip checking the rates. And I'm like, dear Lord, Dad, in the name of all that's holy, we can see the ocean. Is this our hotel? No, we're going to go down. Please, please. See, I don't understand it. I don't understand it now, though. Because you know you're trying to save a little money because you got to eat all week, right? I, under, I understand it now. I didn't under I didn't understand it then. The other thing there was I was uh, maybe 16, 17, and uh, my dad had given me this. Uh, we're gonna have to have a moment of silence. This blue 1966 Mustang. It was the most amazing car ever. And, and I had I had parked it behind my mom, who drove the biggest car on the planet. a Anybody remember a Ford LTD? You could not back it in this building. It was long. And so one particular day, she backed into my car. And that was a, that was a bad day. It was a bad day. And then my dad was like, well, son, you shouldn't have parked there. I, I, but, but dad, she, she backed into me. Well, you shouldn't have parked there. They would have been parking there every day for like the last two years. Doesn't matter, son. Shouldn't have parked there. It's not your mom's fault. You shouldn't have parked there. And I'm going, I don't understand this. She backed into me. How can, why isn't he blaming her instead of his son? I didn't understand that then. But I understand it now. You with me? Such a privilege to have my dad here. Hey, since it's Father's Day, I, I did something that I thought was was just well, it's goofy, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I came across this website that I just I just uh, I just had to share it with you. It's called Nice One Dad. How many love dad jokes? Not a soul raised their hand. Two people raised their hand. Well, I'm gonna give you some dad jokes, okay? And this is called nice one, dad. So if you think they're really funny or really cheesy, your response back to me is nice one. Okay, let's try it. Let's practice. Not this one. one. Okay. I'd like to give a big shout out to all. (laughs) I'd like to give a big shout out to all the sidewalks for keeping me off the streets. Oh, that was bad. Dad, can you put the cat out? I didn't know it was on fire. Thank you. Golly. Wanna hear a joke about paper? Never mind never mind, it's terrible. Are they getting better or worse? Oh, okay, one more, one more. What do you call a deer with no eyes? No idea. no idea. Was that the best one? So should we quit while we're ahead? Yes. Okay. Today we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about a man's world. Um, and truthfully, I struggle every every year on Father's Day because, frankly, I think this might be the one of the most important messages of the year. Um. Truthfully, men have a different world that we live in today than, than even, even a few years ago. Um, what does it mean to live in a man's world in 2016? How many understand that manhood is being constantly redefined? What it means to be a man is being constantly redefined. In 50 years, our example has gone from Ward Cleaver to Peter Griffin. Okay, the guys in the front row are going, who's Ward Cleaver? Your parents are going, who's Peter Griffin? But needless to say, the, 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 our examples have changed. The, the idea of who a man, don't watch Family Guy, it's bad. Of who a man's supposed to be has changed. Those men that are trying to live pure moral lives are bombarded with sexual images on every form of media. Period. The pressure and difficulty of providing for a family has never been more challenging than it is than it is today. See, I used to look at men like when, when I was growing up, I'd look at men like my dad. I'd look at men like some of the men at my church, and I'd think, one day, I want to be that put together. I want to be that well organized. I want to be... And then as I got a little older, I would, I'd look at some of the men that, that uh, I... I admired some pastors, and I think, man, if I could just be as put together as those guys are, and as organized, and 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 as 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 well assembled as as those guys, I'd be okay. And even today, you know, I've got friends that I think, man, if man, if I could just be a good man as him, I. And you know what I'm learning? There's nobody that put together. That all of us have our own set of struggles. All of us have our own set of demons, if you will, that we're battling and fighting. And can I tell you that living a man's life in a man's world may have never been as challenging as it is today. So I, I was asking the Lord, I'm like, Lord, I, I want to I be able to on Father's Day to, to give these men and myself some nuggets of your wisdom from your word about how we can live a life for you in this world, in this man's world today. And he took me to a passage of scripture that, that I think is, is, is quite interesting. It's First Kings chapter 2. It's in your bulletin. If you're following along, you version, it's in there. It'll be on the screen behind me momentarily. And here's the interesting thing. These are some of David's, King David's last words. And before he died, he called his son Solomon in and said, I, I've got some wisdom I want to give you. I've got some nuggets about life that I want to drop in your lap before I, I go my way. And, and what I found was about seven different things that, that he taught us, that David taught us, that, that I just feel like will help us as men. And ladies, is it okay if I do, me and the guys just talk and y'all just support us today? Is that all right? Um, so if you will read with me first kings chapter two the first four verses the bible says when the time drew near for david to die he gave a charge to solomon his son verse two says i'm about to go the way of all the earth he said so be strong act like a man and observe what the lord your god requires walk in obedience to him And keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go and that the Lord may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you'll never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. Father in In these next few moments, I pray that you teach us, as men, how to live like men in a man's world. Um, God, our heart's cry is that you would open your word to us and help us to learn um, how to be better men. Every man in this room has room to grow closer to you. Every man in this room has uh, room to become more like Jesus. And God, I just pray that over the next few moments you teach us how to be more like you. In Christ's name. Everybody said, successful living in a man's world. Going to give you seven things very quickly. I know you guys have already got the grills hot and you're ready to go. So here we go. Number one, he said, I'm about to go the way, the way of all the earth. So he said, be strong. If you're taking notes, write those words down. Be strong. Guys, I'm going I'm to give you some bad news and I'm going to give you some good news. The bad news is you have to be strong. The bad news is you don't have a choice. The bad news is you are called by God to be a leader in your home. You are called by God to be a leader. You are called by God to be the point man in your home. You must be strong. You must square your shoulders, dig your heels in the ground, and be strong. Are you ready for the good news? The good news is you don't have to do it by yourself. The good news is that there's a God that loves you, that is passionate about you, that wants... In fact, if you read the New Testament, what you'll see, an underlying message throughout much of the New Testament is that in our weakness, God will prove his strength through us. In our weakness, because can we just drop our our bravado for just a moment and say, in, in this room, every man in here has weakness, has issues, has things that he's struggling with. And and the truth of the matter is on our own accord, we simply don't have the strength to live the kind of life that God's calling us to live. But the good news is we don't have to do it by ourselves. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says, finally, brethren, or finally, be strong in the Lord. Be strong. Say those three words with me. Be strong in the Lord. And then the and in His mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. See, the truth of the matter is if you and I are going to be strong, we must lean on Him. If you and I are going to overcome our own issues and our own inconsistencies and our own weaknesses and our own problems and, and, and our the own areas of our life that we need to grow in and, and become better in and become more successful in, the only way we're really going to be able to do that is if we find ourselves leaning on the strong arm of the Lord. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and find safety. So here's what I'm telling you, men. We love to do things by ourselves. We love to square our shoulders, flex our biceps, and be strong of our own accord. And I'm just going to tell you that of your own accord, you're not strong enough. You're not strong enough to overcome the evils of this world, the challenges of this life. You're not strong enough to, to overcome those temptations, those addictions. Those, you're not strong enough of your own accord. But can I promise you that unless this Bible is a lie, uh, uh, with the power and the mighty power of God in your life, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Yeah. Be strong. Be strong. What does it mean to be strong? It means accepting the challenges of life head on. Confident that God has equipped you. And ordered your steps. The Bible says the steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Everybody say be strong. strong. If you're taking notes, write this down. The second thing that I believe David was telling his son was to help redefine masculinity. He said act like a man. Here's the problem. We don't know what that looks like anymore. In fact, what I probably should have said is, I I should have said, help re-redefine masculinity. Because there was a day, I believe, that we understood, that maybe a generation or two ago, we understood what living and acting like a man looked like. And I'm afraid that that day is, 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 at least culturally, it's a little gray and it's a little cloudy. In fact, we don't even know what bathroom to go to. True story, right? So what is it? when David looked at his son and said, Son, I'm, I'm dying, I'm leaving. And, and one of the things I want you to do is to act like a man. What was he telling him? What was David telling his son? Act like a man. What did, what did that mean? Here, here's a few things that I think that, that it meant. I believe if you, if you read David's life, I believe you'll understand that he had a love of God. I believe he's telling that part of acting like a man is is to fall in love with the God that created you. To have a passion for family. It's, It's criminal. How many children are growing up without dads in our culture? In the richest culture on the planet. It's criminal. And so here's what I'm can can I just just tell you, tell you like I'm feeling this morning, I, man? If, if if God's blessed you with children, if God's blessed you with a wife, apart from your love of God, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. We ought to be men who take care of our families. Period. Period. Well, you don't know how she's... Be- I don't care. This book says it's your job to lead and cover her and to love her like Christ loved the church. This book says that we're supposed to raise our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, and one day I'll give an account for how I treat her and how I raise these two big husky boys. Well, one big husky one and one tall, thin one. Pat. Pie- I'll leave it to you to decide which one was which. (laughs) Passion for family. Hey, here's something we don't talk a lot about, commitment. I don't want to embarrass my dad, but my dad was a model for me for commitment. Many of you know, you've heard my story. My mom got very sick the year Don and I got engaged. And I I watched my dad be a husband and and a, a, a caretaker for my mom for 30 years when Honestly, she couldn't return a lot of that love. You know why? Because there was a day when we said in sickness and in health meant something. Yes. You with me? Commitment. Commitment. In other words, let's be men who do what we say we're going to do. Let's be men who, who, who if, if, if we say we're going to be somewhere, let's be somewhere. If we say we're going to do something, let's do something. Let's be men who can be counted on because... We're men of our word. We're men of character. We're men of integrity. David had a work ethic. David outworked everybody around him. David had strength of character. He was generous. And here's something that we need to be that David wasn't we need to be a one woman man. I believe that, that acting like a man in this, in this culture ought to mean that when I say I'm hers forever, that means I'm a one-woman man with my eyes, with my hands, with my thoughts. Yes. You're the only one that said anything. Here's what I want you to do. I want every man in the room to get one of those connection cards in your hand. See, here's your next step, men. On the back of that connection card, I asked you to agree to taking the next step with me. And I'm going to fill one of these out too, by the way. That says, I'll commit to helping redefine what masculinity looks like with my own life. By being a one-woman man. By being a man of character and integrity. By being a man that loves God and takes care of my family. But by being a man that's committed Here's what I want you to do. I want you to check that. Well, Dwayne, that seems silly. I don't care. I just told you dad jokes. So it's okay to be silly today. Check that box and turn it in. And let's as a as a as a group, as a church, say, you know, we can't do anything about what the rest of the culture's doing or done. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we'll be like, we'll be men of God. And, and, and guys, if you're single, hey. This doesn't kick in when you walk down the aisle. Be that kind of man today. All right. If you're taking notes, write this down. We're going to pay careful attention to God's plan. David said, and observe what the Lord your God requires. I want you to listen to me. I've been preaching this for a very, very, very long time. Thank you, sweetie. I believe with all my heart that God's got a plan for you and I. I believe with all my heart that God's, uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, give you hope and a future. But see, I, truth, truthfully, I, ha- I have a choice to make. See, God can lay the path out before me, but I can choose to go my own way. And I'm going to tell you as as a man in 2016 the wisest move you can make is to follow the leading and direction of the Lord. The wisest plan, the wisest move you can make is to find God's plan and purpose for your life and do all you can to fulfill it. Well, Dwayne, you, you don't understand. I've kind of already blown it. That's the cool thing about our God. Yeah. Yeah. He's a God of second and third and 12th and 137th chances. So if you've blown it, guess what? He's got a great brand new plan for you. And it really doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't matter because that sounds condescending and I don't want to do that. But see, we've been talking for weeks with our comeback series that you're never too far. It's never too late for God's plan and God's path to be laid out before you. And I'm just telling you that if you don't know what God's plan is for your life, then the highest thing on your priority list ought to be finding it. And pursuing God's plan and purpose for your life. He said, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Well, What does the Lord require? Micah 6, verse 8 says, he has has shown you, O mortal. Um, King James says, O man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. See, you've probably heard that passage before. It's a very popular passage of scripture. We've We've heard it taught and preached. And I think we usually emphasize the words to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. But I think the three most powerful words there are the last three of the verse. With your God. See, I want you to hear me that God has a purpose and plan for your life. And it's a good plan. And if you'll do all you can to find it and follow it, you'll find success in this life. And more importantly, you'll find success in the life that's to come. That God's plan for you is to take care of your family, to love him, to love your wife, to love your children, to love those that are around you. And I promise you that if you'll find God's plan and purpose and fulfill it and pursue it with everything in you, there'll never come a moment when you'll look back and go, that was a really bad idea. Pay careful attention to God's plan. If you're taking notes, write this down. Live a life of surrender. David said to Solomon, walk in obedience to, to him. Walk in obedience. Can I just be honest with you? I, I have a hard time with this one sometimes. Sometimes I just, I just soon do things my own way. Sometimes I, I would just prefer to do it Dwayne's way instead of God's way. And that, that's, that never works out well. We don't like the idea of being submissive, especially men. I, I, I get it. We don't like the idea of surrender. See, when we watched the war movies growing up, surrender was a bad thing, Right? You know, when we saw the white flag, go, that was the losing team, right? That was the losing army that raised the white flag and surrendered. But can I tell you, if you want success in this life, yes. surrender the purpose and plan of God. Live a life of surrender. Walk in obedience to Him is what David told Solomon. Yes. <laughs> Take a us write this down. Let scripture guide you. He told, his, he told Solomon, keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses. He said, this written word that you've got, let it be your guide. Let it, let it be your roadmap. And, and can I tell you, um, I, I, don't, I don't consider myself a Bible scholar, but I've been reading it for a long time. And I'm just going to be frank with you and tell you that in my weakest moments, in the moments of my life when I struggle with who I am as a man, with who I am as a pastor, who I am as a husband and a father, those moments when I doubt my own strength and I doubt my own abilities that God has given me, when I I feel insecure about who I am. I know none of you guys ever feel that way, but sometimes I do. My wife is always encouraging. My children are always awesome. My family loves me. But can I tell you nothing? I find no encouragement like I find when I open the pages of this book. (laughs) When I'm afraid, I'll flip open maybe to Psalm 27. And I'll read, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people came to devour me, my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. The mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. See, I I read that and it's like words of life. When I feel like I'm not talented enough, and I'm not strong enough, and I I'm not gifted enough to do what God's called me to do here. I'll flip open to Philippians chapter four and read that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. See, I'm going to tell you that in this world, you'll find a path that's hard for you to navigate. At some point, if you hadn't if you hadn't come to a crossroads where you didn't know where to go and you didn't know what to do, if you hadn't got come to this crossroad, men that were. Where you're struggling in the valley of decision and you didn't know how to act. You didn't know what the solution was. When you've exhausted all your resources to fix something and it's still not fixed. Where do you go then? You you want, you you, you know, you're going to go to your buddy for a good advice? Well, that'll, maybe. Man, why don't you go to a love letter that was written to you God put this together over 5,000 years, 40 different men and women, so he could drop this in your lap and say, Here's your guide. Here's your roadmap. When you're struggling, you don't want to go. Why don't you open this book? Why don't... Somebody said, God's never spoken to me audibly. Guess what? He doesn't have to. Here it is. Here's his words. Here's his breath. This ought to be your guide. You guys know I'm, I'm not a, a prosperity preacher. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe God's, God wants us prospered. But I, I believe God cares more about your eternity than he does what car you drive. I believe God cares more about where you live in heaven than when, what kind of house you, you have. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I believe God, nothing wrong with having nice things. And, and God's blessed many of us to have stuff. And that's Cool. But I I want to shift gears on you just a little bit. See, I believe when we follow God's plan, men, ladies too, but we're talking to men, if you're taking notes, write this down, that you should expect success. He said, do this, David told Solomon, do this so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. In other words, if you do all these things that I've told you about, if you act like a man, you put God first, you you, you let scripture be your guide, if you do all that expect success. Yeah. Expect success. Truthfully, I, I I believe if if we put the plan of God into action in our life and, and, and we apply God's word to our heart, regardless of what you do for a living, I believe you can find success there, because God has a plan and a purpose. Expect success. I don't. I'm nervous about raising children. I'm not sure I'll be good at it. That's the that's the wrong attitude. God's dropped, God trusted you enough to drop that child in, in, in your home. That's cool. I'm not sure I can be the husband I'm supposed to be. You probably can't. On your own accord. But you're not leaning on your own strength. You're leaning on His. And Lastly. Leave a legacy. David told Solomon that the Lord may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live, and if they walk faithfully before me in all their heart and soul, you'll never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. God promised David that as long as they followed his plan, as long as they followed his law, that there would always be someone in David's family on the throne in Israel. And so David told Solomon, if you'll do this, there'll be a legacy. And I want you to to listen to my heart for just a minute. See, what you heard when I said that is your children. Leave a legacy through your children. And and that's true, you should. But man, I want you to to understand that part of the legacy that you're going to live has... It goes beyond your house. Some of you here, and you don't have children of your own. Well, guess what? God's strategically placed people around you so you can be a man of example, so you can help redefine what it looks like to be a man in this culture. You know, I... Success looks different to me at 49 than it did at 29. See, at 29, what success was, was what I drove and my W-2. What success was at 29 was how I could climb a ladder of success at my company. That's not what success looks like today. What success looks like to me now is my wife, what I see in her and, and, and how sometimes I fail at loving her like Christ loved the church, but I, I, that's my goal is to love her and my children. See, when I'm, when I'm no longer here, I want the words that I've tried to tell them for the last 23 years to resonate in their heart. And you, I don't want you to leave here on Sunday and just think well that was that was all right that was good I, I, I want what what happens in this building to impact you eternally and, and listen legacy isn't just for pastors and teachers legacy is is for you I want you to be determined that the mark you leave on this planet, is bigger than the 60, 70, 80, 90 years that you have here. That the impact that you have on, on the people around you, on those that you live in your home, on, on those that you're friends with, on those that you work with, that you go to school with, that, that you leave a lasting, eternal mark on their life. See, I think that's what David was trying to tell his son. What you do matters. Who you are matters. Act like a man. And so that's our challenge today. In this very simple one passage message. Let's leave here challenged to act like men. Donna's coming. Let's pray together. Bow your heads with me. Act like men. Gentlemen, I, I love you and I thank you for being here. And I know there's a lot of places you could have been today to celebrate Father's Day. And you chose to come here. And that you have no idea how, what, a, what a great honor that is that, that you chose to come here. But I want you to leave with something today. I want you to leave with a challenge. See, I, I understand that sometimes this world can throw you some speed bumps and some pitfalls. I understand. Sometimes, despite our best efforts, the traps of this life cause us to stumble and fall. Been there. So I, I, I said that because I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm going to ask you to do from this point forward. See, I'm not asking you to live a life of perfection. You, you can't do that. You still have that fleshly man inside you that is at war with the spirit man and some of you know all too well what that war feels like so I'm not asking you to commit to perfection today what I am asking you is that as we leave this place gentlemen when we go and we celebrate Father's Day and then tomorrow we go back to our jobs and to our schools is that these three words would just resound in your heart act like men maybe we should add two words to that phrase and we should say we should, we're going to act like men of God that means we're going to do all we can to, to be men of character and integrity to love God, to be committed to our families, to to do all we can do to reflect the person of Christ on this planet. So I am, I'm asking you for commitment today, gentlemen, to love your wives like Christ loved the church. Even in those moments when you feel like she's unlovable, Aren't you glad Christ loved you when you were unlovable? And that if you have children, you model what it looks like to be a man of God in front of them. And you'll fail. But listen to me. There is no greater influence in their life than you. God's blessed you with children in your home. Whatever you do, whatever demons you gotta battle, act like men of God in front of them. And by act, I don't mean put on a mask. I mean just be a man of God. Love them. Raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And when your time on this earth is over, listen to me. It won't matter how high you climb that corporate ladder. It won't matter how many promotions you got at work, how many cars you own, how many houses you built. None of that will matter. What will matter is the legacy that you've left here. In your children, and your nieces, and your nephews. And these young men at, at, at our church that you're taking a time and investing in, teaching them what it means to look like a man of God. So yes, I'm going to ask you for a challenge today. I'm going to ask you for a commitment today. I'm so serious about this gentleman What it may look like is when you when you want to stray and you want to go the other direction, I, I pray that, that there's this voice that resounds in your heart that says, No, you've got to be a man of God. Because the legacy is too important. When you want to quit, I pray that voice screams in your head. No, it's too important. Let's be men. Let's show this world, let's show our world what it looks like to be a humble, loving, gentle man of God that's not afraid to square his shoulders and stand up for what's right, to seek justice. So if that's you, and maybe you're 15, I'm asking you to do it. Maybe you're 95, I don't know. But gentlemen, if that's you, Dwayne, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave here committed. Not to perfection, but to do all I can do to be a man of God. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. Right where you're at. Father in Jesus name we declare with our voice that on our own we don't have the strength to live a life pleasing to you we declare with our voice that on our own we don't have the strength it would require to be men of God in this crazy world but today we lean on you and your strength and your wisdom your mighty power And we want to leave this room today committed to living a life as a man of God. And I pray, God, in this room, as we've stood to our feet, there are those here that are struggling. God, meet every need in their life, every financial hardship that might be represented. And the enemy would come to them and tell them that they're a failure because they're struggling with their finances. We know that's a lie. That maybe they're struggling with morality. God, we know that you've created them to be a one-woman man. Maybe they're struggling with an addiction and a habit that they can't seem to lay down. And I believe that you're able to, even in, in this moment, to cleanse and deliver set free and that's what I'm praying for today that in all of us you'd set us free to live a life for you and that's our commitment, that's our goal that's our heart's cry to you today in Jesus name I think it'd be in order if you stood to your feet and let's just give the Lord an ovation of praise for his goodness for His grace and His mercy. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Happy Father's Day. You can be seated.